This is The Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world, from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as The Beat Generation. Welcome to a brand new season of The Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Media and Townsville's Triple TFM. The show got its name from the 50s and 60s writers that inspired so many musicians. Each week during season three, we'll take a look into albums that have changed our lives by artists that have changed the face of the musical landscape. A full song listing can be found at our Facebook page, forward slash music that changed the world. And make sure you check out our Instagram page, The Beat Generation Podcast. And a podcast of this show and past episodes can be found on Apple, along with other great Bad Boys media shows, including The Bad Boys Unleashed and Secret Men's Business. Check out our shows, and if you like what you hear, then make sure you leave us a review. So sit back, put your headphones on, crank up the dial, and journey with us this week to the dark side of the moon as we explore the world of Pink Floyd and their classic album from 1973. Welcome to the Beat Generation. I'm Shane Bryan, joined this season by my co-host Andrew Hackett. Now, we're normally hosting the Bad Boys Unleashed together, but we thought we'd both jump on Beat Generation this year to share these iconic albums with you. Andrew, how are you this week? I'm doing really, really good this week. Mate, I understand that this album is one of your all-time favourites. It's actually my go-to album if I'm if I, you know, feeling a little bit uh, blue or if I want to just, just chill out a bit, I'll throw this album on every single time. Yeah, we've all got one of those, don't we? Yeah, we, we do, we do. And look, I, I've got to say, uh, this week, we wanted to really honour the album and also honour the Pink Floyd fans. So we are going to be playing it all and it will be in order. So for any avid Pink Floyd fans, or as they call them, Crazy Diamonds, uh, if you're listening, you're going to hear the whole album and uh, we're just going to come in and, and uh, say a few words every now and then. So, who would have thought that 10 years earlier, a young band from Regent Street who came up with some unusual names like Sigma Six and Megadeth and the Screaming Abdabs would emerge as a band that is synonymous with 70s prog rock and an album that would go down in history as arguably the greatest concept album ever. One that is still leaving us wondering how such a magnificent piece of music could come into being. Now, it's obvious from my comments, obviously, that I'm a fan, but then there wouldn't be many people who would say that they weren't. Their fame has, however, come at a price, and that was the sadness around their bandmate, guitarist and vocalist, Sid Barrett. Now, it's important we address Sid Barrett's mental illness because it was the underpinning theme through a lot of Pink Floyd's music, like Shine On You, Crazy Diamond and The Wall. But most importantly, it underpinned the whole concept for Dark Side of the Moon. While preparing for the 1971 tour, Roger Waters proposed a concept album that dealt with things that made people mad. Known for being pretty direct, Waters wanted something with lyrics that were pretty clear and to the point, giving birth to Dark Side of the Moon. The album spent an incredible 937 weeks on the Billboard 200 and has sold over 45 million copies worldwide. It was also the first Pink Floyd album to feature Roger Waters as its sole lyricist. 
After all, it was his idea to go down the rabbit hole and create the album. It was the beginning of a massive rift that would resurface years later. In 1972, a year before the album's release, fans were treated to a concert called Dark Side of the Moon, A Peace for Assorted Lunatics. The concert featured every song in the same sequence that would eventually appear, and then the band continued to play the song cycle for the rest of the live dates in 1972. During the show, we will be featuring all the tracks from the album and presenting some little-known facts, although most of the album's stories have been dissected and spoken about in the hundreds of documentaries and books about this classic piece of music history. Nevertheless, we will answer some very important pop culture questions like how were the Beatles involved in the album, how it was linked to Monty Python, what the album cover was going to be before the iconic artwork we are familiar with now, and most importantly, what is The Wizard of Floyd? I can't wait to actually go through all of those, <laughs> those yeah. bits and pieces. So, The first two tracks on the album are Speak To Me, a sound collage of various recorded conversations, sound effects, backwards piano chords, and a snippet of Claire Torrey's famous vocals, which then leads into the first performance piece on the album, Breathe. And it's with these two tracks that we start our journey today to the dark side of the moon on the Beat Generation. Down, it's time to 
last wave Race towards another grave like most of Pink Floyd's albums, they enlisted the help of Storm Thorgerson, who is considered an unofficial member of the band given the high level of involvement and impact the artwork had on the albums. He has worked on other well-known bands like Black Sabbath, Kansas, Alan Parsons Project, Yes, and more recently, Muse. Knowing the band from school, Storm was enlisted to help them with their packaging starting from their Saucerful of Secrets album, and of course, when it came to Darkseid, he developed what has become, without a question, the most iconic album colour of all time. But it nearly didn't happen. Now, while Storm was coming up with the current design of the prism, turning a beam of light into multiple colours, the band were considering a different design, which featured Marvel's Silver Surfer. Given that all the band were avid comic book fans, they loved the idea of the cosmic dude on his silver surfboard shooting across the universe, but thankfully common sense prevailed. Different to their usual imagery of four lads in the British countryside, the Dark Side of the Moon album is striking in its simplicity. Now, while the album artwork was simple, the album was anything but. In addition to the standard instruments, the band added sound effects, voices and synthesizers to the mix, including a bass pulse throughout, which was meant to simulate a human heartbeat. For the single time, the band used clocks from an antique store, each recorded separately thanks to an idea from Alan Parsons, and then a background TikTok sound that Roger Waters created by picking two muted strings on his bass. Pressure leading to mental illness was a reoccurring theme on the album with each song dealing with a different fear. Now the next two songs dealt with pressure in their own varying ways. On the Run dealt with the pressure of travel which would often result in a fear of death. While Time dealt with how time can slip by us and we don't realise until it's too late. The original version of On the Run was performed in concert and it was affectionately known as the travel sequence. Now, it bore very little resemblance to the final version on the album, which was a full electronic makeover. Time was also unique in that it was used by Alan Parsons as a test for a quadraphonic sound project. So here are On The Run and Time. You're listening to The Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd on The Beat Generation.
So we're nearing halfway through the album with one song left on side one, if you were listening to the record. So it's probably a great time to bring up an eerie phenomenon that has a lot of people talking. The Wizard of Floyd, or more commonly known as the Dark Side of the Rainbow. In 1995, while watching Wizard of Oz, Charles Savage was listening to the Pink Floyd album, as you do. The results were astonishing. Amidst all of the synchronicities, some of the standouts include when Dorothy sings Over the Rainbow, On the Run is playing, which contains the same initials, O-T-R. When time commences, the sign on Professor Marvel's trailer says past, present and future. Great Gig in the Sky plays when the house is sucked up by the tornado. The end of side one on the vinyl is when the movie transitions from black and white to colour. Brain Damage plays instead of Scarecrow's If I Only Had a Brain. And the line Lunatic is on the grass plays when Dorothy and Scarecrow are on the grass. Pretty eerie, isn't it? Pretty crazy stuff. And, of course, the band denied it was planned and blamed it on a guy with too much time on his hands. David Gilmore jokingly said, it wasn't based on Wizard of Oz, it was based on the sound of music. (laughs) I guess we can put that into the file of weird things that have happened to one of the most famous bands of all time and uh, way too many drugs in the 70s. One song that is a bit like a movie soundtrack is The Great Gig in the Sky that contains no lyrics, just the sound of an unmistakable voice of Claire Torrey and snippets of various speeches and Bible quotes, also known as the mortality sequence and the religion song. Now, the song instrumental was played for Torrey when she came into the studio and she added her amazing wailing over the top of the song, a performance which gained her a staggering £30 in pay. Now, the song was that popular that in 2004, Tory sued Pink Floyd, resulting in an out-of-court settlement for an undisclosed sum. After all, it was her voice that made the song popular. In concert, the song was performed by Australian singer Vanetta Fields, who has performed with other artists like Tina Turner, Rolling Stone and Joe Cocker. To take us to the end of side one of the album, The Great Gig in the Sky, you're listening to The Beat Generation.
That was The Great Gig in the Sky, and we'll be back to continue our look at Pink Floyd's iconic album, The Dark Side of the Moon, right after this on The Beat Generation. Hi, this is Shane. And Andrew from The Bad Boys. If you're after quality, hard-hitting journalism that matches four corners... News that'll keep the government and the people accountable for their actions... And current affairs that's more reliable than, well, a current affair... Then then that's that's not not us. us. Bad Boys Unleashed, music, entertainment, celebrity interviews... And the only original Bad Boys news that makes 60 Minutes sound like the Muppets. Join me, him and bad girl Angie for the conversation that no one wants to have, but everybody wants to hear. Bad Boys Unleashed, subscribe for free on Apple and Spotify. This is the Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world, from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as the Beat Generation. Welcome back to The Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Media and Townsville's Triple TFM. I'm Shane Bryan, joined by another member of The Bad Boys, Andrew Hackett, as we look into albums that have changed our lives by artists that have changed the face of the musical landscape. Now make sure you check out our Facebook page, Music That Changed the World, and our Instagram page, The Beat Generation Podcast. The Dark Side of the Moon was a phenomenon, an anomaly that was never repeated. It sold more than any other Pink Floyd album, and in fact sold more than any album by the Beatles or Led Zeppelin. Ironically, the album contains a song, Money, which highlights the greed of capitalism and yet was the album that propelled Pink Floyd into a very wealthy band, enabling them to buy country houses and expensive cars. Even the engineer, Alan Parsons, won a Grammy Award and freely admits that he's managed to hang the rest of his career on the success of Dark Side of the Moon. But the success of Dark Side of the Moon has extended beyond the album itself. It was partly responsible for the existence of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Avid fans of The Flying Circus, the band propped up 10% of the film's budget when the troupe was struggling with finding funding, opening the door for other musicians to throw a few bob in as well, like Elton John and Led Zeppelin, following in the steps of George Harrison, who funded Life of Brian. The song Money became the first single in the US and has been described as an amalgamation of progressive rock, blues rock and hard rock. Written in 7-8 time and shifting to 4-4 time in the chorus, the unusual beat formed the basis of a song that is one of the band's most recognisable songs. It was yet another thing in the life that causes us worry and mental illness, unless you have lots of it, of course. This is Pink Floyd's Money, and you are listening to The Beat Generation. Yeah. Grab that 
Interestingly, the album started off as a live concert and its legacy has continued many times during the years. On 1994's Division Bell Tour and the subsequent album Pulse, after the interval, the band would perform the whole dark side of the moon from start to the finish. Even after Pink Floyd split up, Roger Waters continued the legacy with The Dark Side of the Moon live. Now, I actually attended the Brisbane concert of uh, The Dark Side of the Moon live by Roger Waters. And I have to say, it's an experience that has been etched in my memory. I I mean, we're right up the back in the cheap seats, but it was still amazing nevertheless. The album has lasted through many generations and it constantly is being rediscovered by younger listeners. Maybe because the songs are so recognisable. Yeah, the second single from the album and the second song on side two was Us and Them, a track which began life as a piano and bass instrumental called The Violent Sequence, intended for the soundtrack of the movie Zabriskie Point. The song looks at the senselessness of war and the rise of consumerism and materialism. The longest track on the album, it blends seamlessly into the next song, Any Colour You Like, a reference to Henry Ford's description of the Model T Ford. You can have any colour you like, as long as it's black. Like all of the songs on the album discussing mental fear, this was the fear of making choices. This is Us and Them, and Any Colour You Like, from the dark side of the moon on the Beat Generation.
As a band, they had spent the start of a decade looking for direction. They lacked the instrumental prowess of ELO, the wondrous stories of Yes, and the illustrious characters of Bowie or the sophistication of Roxy Music. So when the stars aligned and proverbial sun shone onto the dark side of the moon, everything changed for Pink Floyd. It was an experimental sound, their White Album. They brought in road crew, road managers and guests to participate, including Paul and Linda McCartney, who unfortunately ended up on the cutting room floor. But fear not, because the Beatles actually did make it onto the album. Well, sort of. Apparently their music, an orchestral version of Ticket to Ride, was playing in the background when the doorman of Abbey Road had some words to say on the final song on the album. There is no dark side of the moon, really. Matter of fact, it's all dark. Leaving us with the conclusion that the only thing that makes it look bright is the sun. Of course, the song it was in was Eclipse, which follows on from brain damage and owed to the band's former frontman, Sid Barrett, whose legacy will remain forever etched in history along with the dark side of the moon finishing off the album with an epilogue that is a powerful 1 minute 30 seconds that ends with a heartbeat, a fitting end to an album whose pulse you can still feel around the world today. Andrew, I absolutely love this look back at the dark side of the moon and although there was more music than normal, it's worth it just to hear the full album in its entirety. I mean, how could you possibly leave out any tracks? Agreed. So there you have it, the dark side of the moon. In my opinion, an album you definitely can't live without. Now, coming up next week, we're going to take a look at a very different album from the same year as The Dark Side of the Moon, the Motown release from Stevie Wonder, Inner Visions. But to take us out this week, the closing tracks from The Dark Side of the Moon, Brain Damage and Eclipse. I'm Shane Bryan. And I'm Andrew Hackett. And this has been The Beat Generation. The lunatic 
is in my head You raise the blade You make the change You rearrange me till I'm sane You lock the door Throw away the key There's someone in my head But it's not me It's all dark. 